Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We are live in the color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can find my Kim McGee on the Twitter and I can't go on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. So, if you happen to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them back at your own leisure. So, make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. Excuse me. And speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can always find them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports Zone Chicago all social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine box as you're ready. W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, that's War on Anchor on all podcast platforms. And be sure to give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. One more game, as young folks would say, give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always hit us up on the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chokago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments sections. Lokina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and don't do something stupid, I give Lakina full power to give you fools to build and be a boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> But before we get, begin, we must remind you that you can also now catch Sports Host Chicago on Roku TV. That's right. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Host Chicago is not on Roku, T- Roku TV. If you already have a Roku TV, just tap on the sports photo and download the Sports Zone Chicago tab through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have some handheld devices laying around the house, your iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, your personal PC. Just download that Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago through the avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. 
anytime you want there all the shows are right there so say we got a lot to talk about a mm -hmm. lot to do so of course our girl uh kxrb's christine manico will join us of course for our picks and other stuff and also congratulations are in order for miss christine we'll get to that in a second mm -hmm. our buddy sean on uh, sean davis from co-host of the lucky lefty podcast will join us to at one o'clock you know to preview championship saturday in college football but we're gonna get right to it and talk some bulls first um an up and down, uh, an up and down week for the Bulls. You know they beat Utah for the first time since what 2017 was the last time they beat Utah. Yeah, in, in Utah. Utah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that was a, a great game there. Of course, this is about you know, being out shot from the field. You know, especially in the three point range. But didn't have the best showing against uh, Phoenix. But you know, Phoenix has been a house of horrors for the Bulls in the last few years. Devin Booker, you know, 51 points, didn't even play in the fourth quarter. The game was, you know over and done with you know a mixed bag for the bulls you know they play the warriors tonight that'll be on espn um so Sid, i'm gonna see uh, right now if that game's on available locally because remember last year when the bulls played at golden state that game was not available locally at least not in chicago isn't. by the yeah uh, by the way isn't. so i'll check while you keep on rambling yeah so uh yeah so uh you know so what do you think about the about the bulls this week definitely a kind of a mixed bag here uh, so, oh, good news. So Chicago Bulls game is available locally tonight on NBC Sports Chicago. So if you don't want the four-letter network to insult your intelligence, let our guy Jason Goff and Kendall Gill and Will Perdue uh, uh, enlighten you with their coverage along with uh, Adam Amin and Stacey King tonight. Uh, Lakina, we talked about this on our show on Monday as, as far as the Bulls road trip. I think record-wise, it was the way it was supposed to go, two and one so far now, two and two on this uh, six-game road trip. They lost to Oklahoma City last Friday. Of course, you mentioned they beat the Utah Jazz on Monday. But the Wednesday game concerned me. I know the Phoenix Suns are way ahead of the Bulls in terms of talent in the NBA. But with Devin Booker, one of the best scorers in the league, you let him score 51 points. and You do not challenge him on a single shot. You just let him do whatever he wants. I have a problem with that. And this is one of the other issues that we talked about last year, like, and this was the word going around the team. Are this, are, is this Bulls team tough enough? And those questions were wait, raised again on Wednesday. I'm not saying turn to the old Detroit Pistons and start beating up on folks, but where's the toughness? Where's the hunger? And it starts from your superstars down. We talked about this as well. Zach Levine, I'm not going to sit here and say that he needs to be defensive player of the year, but it starts with people like him giving uh, a, a better effort than a half-ass effort on the defensive end. And right now, uh, as a team, this Bulls team is not doing it. You point out certain individuals that are giving effort on both ends of the floor, but defensively, not everybody is doing it. As a team, they're not doing it, and they, they got exposed on Wednesday against a better team in Phoenix. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, and let's remember, too, uh, some personal stuff, you know, that uh, Booker um, is going through. You know, he went through a breakup, of course. You're usually, like, your game you know, tends to get a little bit higher. He's been doing this against your various teams, just as the Bulls were the latest victim. That's how I look at it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he he was you know he was the hot hand, and look, I'm not gonna you know sit here and say it wasn't. They didn't have a half ass over they half. But look, these things happen. You know, the long season, you're gonna have guys that you know shoot you know like you know lights out. So I'm not gonna you know get on that. I'm not gonna harbor on that. I mean, you guys can, but I'm not going to look. It's just that look, these things happen and whatnot. But look, I'm sure the Warriors. Look, I know that the the Bulls. You know, exercising those demons. You know, they've won one. You know, on the road, but then they lose one. So you know, let's hope that the latter tonight, you know, with the Warriors, you know, they've had their issues, but they've actually played pretty well on the road. We know about their road issues and such, but mm -hmm. 
know, for me, look, look, like I said, for me, it's just that, look, you're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to doing on this tough road trip. You're doing right there at 500. So I'm not going to like, you know, freak out. Look, I mean, you know, we know that, you know, Clay has gotten, you know, on the bulls, you know, he has some of his best, you know, showings against the bulls. So, but also too, look, I'm not going to like, you look, AO, IO's going through a sophomore slump. We knew this was going to happen, unfortunately. And we're seeing that. Zach's been inconsistent. Vooch is, you know, sort of right there and such too. But look, I mean, so far, you know, on the, this road trip, I mean, you know, the Bulls are two and two, which is all you can ask for, especially in it's against, you know, very tough teams, especially in the West. So I'm not going to like, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, y'all could do that. Y'all can go crazy and such, but I'm not going to do that. You know, everybody, because I've seen people say, oh, well, they should start tanking. They should start training folks. You know, the, 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 you know, just shows you that you guys don't know nothing about basketball, you guys, or you think you do, but you don't. So I'm not going to, you know, harbor on it. But, look, I think – look, I mean, Zach needs to step up a little bit more. Look, he's still trying to find that cover, you know, with that knee, you know, issue. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know about Lonzo. Lonzo still has not been cleared to run or cut yet. But, you know, hopefully – you know, I'm not – look, I'm not going to – There's like, you can't control that kind of stuff. You always can do something you can't control. So let's see what they look tonight. Hopefully they can put in the effort against the Warriors and try to finish this road trip on a high note and, you know, just – Try to be right there. Look, there are other teams that are having issues, too. It's not just the Bulls. So I think folks need to just chill out. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Hashtag Football Friday Edition. I'm Sid Deslakina. If you have a comment about the Chicago Bulls and or the NBA at large, which we will discuss coming up, you can always hit us up on the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Before we head to the NBA at large, Lakina, I want to discuss this with you we, um, involving the Chicago Bulls. Billy Donovan, the story came out this week that he signed a contract extension over the summer, but management kept it in-house. Uh, I know these types of things happen more often than not, but did you have a problem the way the story came out, or was there something a little bit more behind it? Because I, mean, I found it strange that you are announced it now, even though the team is currently three games under five hundred. Uh, if you didn't want to release it now, what was the, when was the perfect time to release this news? Uh, why did you keep it in house? This whole thing just seems like weird to me that this came out yeah. like in the middle of a Wednesday and, and whatnot. So I'm, I'm like, okay, then Sharm, you know, Sharna, uh, from you know, he you know broke the news that hey, you know that this this happened over the summer, which sort of like okay, why are we just learning about all this now? I mean, like there has mm -hmm. to be a reason why this was you know kept behind closed doors and whatnot and. And look, well, we'll probably never know. I mean, I'm sure it's obvious someone leaked this information. They probably wanted it to come out probably around the All-Star break or maybe with if the Bulls had a better start. Maybe that's probably why they didn't say it initially. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to, like, again, I'm not going to harbor on it. I mean, look, there has to be a reason why this was kept, you know, close to the vest. But, you know, look, it is what it is. Okay. So as we mentioned, Billy Donovan, the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, signed an extension during the offseason, and the news came out earlier this week. I know we're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the kingdom, but let's get to the NBA at large, and we'll start backwards as we always do. Last night, Thursday, the Dallas Mavericks are continuing their East Coast road trip. It hit a speed bump at the Detroit Pistons as the Pistons defeated the the Dallas Mavericks, 131 to 125. I know your guy, Kay Cunningham, ha has been out with injuries. It's all about uh, their star rookie from Purdue, Jalen Ivey, at this point. Lakina Luka Doncic is continuing to uh, uh, amaze folks with his play. But as we said before, Lakina, uh, he, he got it last year during the playoffs, but 
this year he hasn't gotten it. Luca needs help, and he didn't get that consistently last night. Yeah, unfortunately, this was this game kind of showed why you know Luca needs help, mm-hmm. and you hope that maybe he can kind of look. This is sort of like similar to what the Bulls are going to do with Demar Derozan last year. I mean, he was making all these plays, and look, Luca's not getting it together. He's getting a little bit older now. I know, yes, I know he's still in his twenties, but mm-hmm. it's gotten to a point where you're starting to see kind of see that wear and tear, and. Hopefully, you know, as we get closer and closer into, you know, the season, we get to like February, hopefully he's not running out of gas and has to take mm-hmm. games off. So that's something that Jason Kidd's going to have to figure out. So, you know, sort of strange that was, the only, you know, the, the, the Mass Pistons game was the only game, uh, you know, on tap for the NBA yesterday. But, you know, that, that's just a strange way there. Christian Wood, you know, tried to kick it with 25 off the bench, but it still wasn't enough. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 26, but mm-hmm. again, it wasn't enough. So, you know, that that whole, you know, that whole thing, you know, with Luca and such, but you know, look, Jane, Jane Ivy has you know looked really good for the uh, for the Pistons so far, even though Bolan Badanovich, you know, has led, led the way there with thirty points for them and and, and whatnot. Also, Zakillian Hayes came in with twenty two for the Pistons, so that's why they were able to, you know, they they mm-hmm. they kind of led the way in overtime for them. So yeah, you know, the Mavs are ten eleven. You know, they're kind of like you know right there, like in the middle of for the the play-in right now. And yeah, but Luca needs help. I think it's simply suffice to say. Yeah, and, and staying with the Western Conference, Lakina, the the Minnesota Timberwolves, they'll be without Car Anthony Towns, their All Star center, for the next four to six weeks. But they they rebounded with a big win at home on Wednesday against the against the Memphis Grizzlies, one hundred nine to. One-on-one. It's, all, it's going to be about Rudy Gobert uh, patrolling the paint at this point. And Anthony Edwards, as we talked about before the season started, Likina, we saw him coming out coming out of his shell during the playoffs last year in that first-round season for, in, against the aforementioned Memphis Grizzlies. Let's see if he can take his game to another level this year, especially uh, since everybody, including it will start with him first, picking up the slug without Carl Anthony Towns. Luckily for luckily for uh, for the T Wolves, that Towns injury did not, you know, wasn't as serious as folks thought. Folks thought it was an Achilles, so that was a non-contact. Thankfully, it's just a calf, and he'll be out for about a little over a month. But you know, this was a nice start from start for the T Wolves. I mean, they've been tinkering at five hundred too, so they've actually had their struggles. So it will be interesting to see. Look, it's going to take you know Go Bear. It's going to take uh, D'Angelo Russell. It's going to take Anthony Edwards to kind of you know pick up the slack while Towns is recovering. So let's see how they do. I mean, as for you know this, they they really need this win. I think it's nothing else for confidence. So they got a tough schedule coming up. We'll get to that you know after this break. But yeah, so this was definitely a, a good win for the T Wolves. Now going back to some of the other uh, things in the NBA, of course, you know we'll we'll continue on after the break. I want to you know. Go to one more game if my uh, you know laptop here will cooperate uh, as it's coming up. But you know the, the you know the games on on Wednesday were also you know there was a big schedule on Wednesday with some of these games and you know probably the you know aside from the uh, aside from that uh, you know Grizzlies T Wolves game T Wolves game but you know uh, the Lakers had a nice uh, win you know one twenty eight one oh nine against Portland. I saw a little bit of this game and look, I mean I know. They had we'll we'll talk about that loss that they had uh you know in a, in a little bit after the break but yeah LeBron Keo kicked in with uh, thirty one points AD had twenty seven Austin Reese had twenty two so they're starting to play a little bit better the Lakers they're at eight and twelve as of this uh, recording so they're starting to kind of get better a little bit I mean look they probably won't challenge for like the top record in the West that's not going to happen but it looks like they're they're kind of going to be right there near like play in game ter- territory but considering where they were they. You know, Darvin Ham is still learning about being a head coach as he goes, but at least with this, I think with a win like this, this should definitely help him with confidence. 
On the flip side, more NBA talk with the schedules coming up for for tonight and for this weekend. We'll give you a Bears-Packers preview. And are the Buffalo Bills back to reclaim their top spot in the AFC, especially without one of their defensive stars? We'll get into that and a whole lot more as you listen to the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. 
Gotta love that music. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Levin Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you for the second half of this first hour. If you have any questions or comments regarding the Bulls and the NBA at large, you, all, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, just uh, wrapping up on the Lakers talk, you mentioned they, they have been playing a, a whole lot better. They rebounded nicely with their win against the Portland Trail Blazers on Wednesday without Damian Lillard. They beat the Blazers by 20. But I want to go back to that Monday night loss against the Indiana Pacers. The mm -hmm. Lakers failed a, a chance to make some crucial free throws, secure a couple of rebounds, and they were definitely out of position when their rookie, I forget, forgot his name, made that last second shot. He was wide open mm -hmm. in the in the. In the Lakers were up by double digits. I believe they were up by 12 uh, yep. late uh, midway through that fourth quarter. And then the Pacers went on that tremendous one. I ended up watching uh, the last part of that game. The Lakers at, at times this year have played better defensively, but it's, at, at crucial times, uh, uh, it comes back to buy them in the, in the, you know what, and it happened last Monday. Yeah, Andrew Newhart, that's, uh, that's like, you know, the young man that hit that three pointer. It was on the Canadian national team. Uh, you know, for the for Canada, and yeah, I mean, look, they were up 17 and you know, going into the fourth, and they were up by 12. And you know, it was sort of one of those things where, yeah, they missed some key three free throws. You wonder where what happened with the rebounds, you know, LeBron and both LeBron AD missed out on some uh rebounds. Mm -hmm. It was just like one of those like you know, losses that you hope that, especially when it comes to kind of like going down to like the play in that that loss, you know, doesn't come back to bite the Lakers in the in the butt it was the first time they lost a game that they led by 17 or, or more points in the fourth since you know two april of 2000 against the spurs you know they had won 378 straight games you know, prior to that which was the longest after street in the nba so uh yeah you're going to be smart over that but like i said you know they came back in you know a couple days later and they beat portland you know yeah they were out damian Lillard, but you know look i think that after a loss like that it was a good thing they were able to bounce back from that now utah of course after losing the bulls had a nice bounce back being the Clippers, 125-112. You know, Jordan Clarks had 33 points leading the way for them. You know, look, the Jazz, this is why I'm a little bit concerned with the Jazz. You saw what happened with the game against the Bulls. They hit all their threes, mm -hmm. but it wasn't enough. They did hit all their, a lot of their threes. Now, this is this is a team that depends on the three a lot. They shot about 44% from three in that game against the Clippers. In their losses, though, they, they you know, when they're off on their three-point three point range, they're totally off. So, they're a team that I feel like, you know, a three, you know, depending on the three too much, you know, how I feel about this city, you know, can come back and bite them in the butt. But luckily for yeah. them, it, it, did, it didn't happen for them against you know, the Clippers on Wednesday. Yeah, and going to the flip side for the Clippers, I know Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have both been out for the last couple of games. And hopefully they're, they'll help, they're healthy enough to return soon because when, when that team is healthy all the way, uh, they could compete against anybody. I know Zubac mm -hmm. had that career game uh, over the weekend. We talked about it on our sh last show mm -hmm. on Monday. Zubac with the 31.29 rebound performance. And I like the way Terrence Mann has been maturing mm -hmm. over this last year so since his breakout uh, performances in the playoffs in 2021. And also you have John Wall, who had his best game the other night with his uh, first 20-point game of the year. And you also have Reggie Jackson as well. So uh, the sooner that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can get back in the lineup, the better off this Clippers team will be. 
Absolutely. Well, hopefully they can you know, stay healthy. I think that's probably what I think Ty, Ty Lue is concerned to you know, concentrate on that, especially with uh, mm-hmm. Clive Leonard and, and Paul George. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, Jason Taylor had uh, 49 points as he led the way for the Celtics to beat the Heat 134-121. Uh, he did it in front of uh, Prince William and Princess Kate. So uh, you're nice to put, mm-hmm. that's uh, uh, Taylor put on a little bit of a show for for them, um, his you know nine thirty point you know game plus point game you know tied for the most in a calendar month in his career. Only Larry Bird, who did it in March eighty six and eighty eight, um, had more uh, thirty point thirty point thirty plus points uh, in a you know in a, in a calendar month. So, but yeah, but uh, you know the Heat. We got to talk about the Heat for a second because they've been. They've been kind of on the same you know, way, like like the Bulls. Have. They got the pretty much the same record, so their problem has been defense. And look what happened. They they mm-hmm. gave 134 points, and so that's not going to help them. Yeah, and we talked about this too. There, the problem has been actually who's going to score the ball consistently next to Jimmy Butler. Is it Bam Adebayo? Is it Tyler Harrow? Mm-hmm. Who's going to step up and help out Jimmy Butler in terms of scoring? But like you said, their problem has been defense. Is you know their identity is defense and give. Eric Spolstra, uh, the head coach that he credited on that, but th- mm-hmm. that's been their major problem now recently as well, trending over the last couple of weeks or so. So they need to get it, get it together on both ends of the floor. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's going to be yeah, that's something to look out for too for the Heat as we get closer and closer here. Uh, Brooklyn uh, pulled away from Washington 113-107. Kitty had thirty nine, leading the way for the nets you know they needed they really needed this and they've been kind of up and down lately too so we'll mm-hmm. see if they can get it together um here uh cleveland just you know just hammered this is when not you know and only had 19 points you can probably tell he was starting from the field in that game against you know cleveland 113 85 was a final in that game on wednesday uh julius randall you know bouncing back from that you know previous uh, lost because they had they had lost to the Bucks 109 103 on Wednesday, but you know, he had a good showing on Tuesday 140 uh, 110 over Detroit, 36 points in the way there on his 28th birthday, no less for uh, Mr. Yay. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he did it in he did only three quarters, too. I, uh, you know, uh, to you know, coaches didn't play him in the, in the fourth, but he said new uh, single game franchise for the most points by next player on their birthday, surpassing guys like Dave DeBusher and Earl, Earl uh, Monroe, who did it twice. So yeah, nice showing for them and a nice win for uh for uh the Knicks. You know, the Clippers, you know, they lost that, you know, they lost a, a tough one there against Utah, but they did have a, a good win against Portland, 118, 112. Norman Powell, who's been picked up the slack with, you know, PG and Kawhi out, had 32 points leading the way for them on Tuesday. And in the game of the night from Tuesday was the Dallas Mavericks uh, beating the Golden State Warriors at home 116 to 113. Like, you know, I want to get your thoughts. What did you think about that traveling? I'm using air quotes here yeah. for those of you listening back on the replay mm-hmm. at War Anger. What did you think about that traveling call on Steph Curry? It's always almost like the James Harden Euro yeah. step, but yep. really, 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 usually the rest swallow the whistle in the yep. last two minutes, but. You're gonna call travel on that play. He's been doing that his whole career. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, that was I don't know, I don't know who's the ref that called that, but I guess they rescinded that call that it should have been called for a travel. I hate it when they do that, but like yeah, it was sort of a move. Way like, after okay, the fact. <laughs> way after the fact. Like that that's just stupid. But yeah, you're not gonna change the call like midway through. So who knows what would have happened had you know Steph not been called for that travel. He probably would have had a shot to force the game into overtime. But yeah, nice win by the Mavs. I mean, look, I mean, Luca had 41 points. You know, there's 
it's sort of one of those things, you know, that was his 50th, you know, career 40 point. He also had triple double too on top of that. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's the fifth time he's done that, you know, passing, uh, tying with Wilt and uh, only Oscar Roberts had more with uh, 19. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is sort of one of those things where, look, he didn't have a good showing uh, last night against the Pistons. You know, he tried to do enough, but he ran out of gas. So this sort of, like, you hope that this doesn't come at the five in the butt, that, you know, he needs help. So, you know, in this case, they really, they, he got a little bit of help, but, you know, still, you got to think down the line. You got, that's what they got to think about. Yeah. And like, like we talked about with Dallas, Luca needs some help. And let's see if they can get it. Let's see what head coach Jason Kidd can do. And they, they just need to pile on some wins together and get some consistent help to be that second banana to, to go with Luka Doncic. You're listening to Second City Sports or Sports Zone Chicago on the hashtag Football Friday edition. I'm Sid Deslakina. If you want to hit us up at the comments section, you can do so by, by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Uh, before we move on to football, Lakina, in terms of the NFL, let's give our uh, listeners the schedule for this weekend in the NBA. We'll start off with tonight's games Friday. Of course, the Bulls and the Warriors is the second game of that ESPN doubleheader at 9 p.m. You also watch the game locally here in Chicago on NBC Sports Chicago. At 6 o'clock, we'll have Washington at Charlotte as the Wizards take on the Hornets. At 6.30, we have Denver visiting Atlanta. That should be a good one. Also at 6.30, uh, the Miami Heat will travel to Boston to take on the Celtics again. Also at 6.30, Toronto at Brooklyn as the Raptors will face the Nets. Also at 6.30, the Magic will face Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers. In the first game in the ESPN Friday night doubleheader, you'll have the Los Angeles Lakers visiting the Milwaukee Bucks. At 7 o'clock, Philadelphia at Memphis. At the same time, we'll have New Orleans at San Antonio. And rounding out the Friday night schedule for tonight, Houston and Phoenix at 8 o'clock. Also at 8 o'clock, we have Indiana continuing their West Coast road trip. They'll take on the Utah Jazz. The Lakers are starting there for uh, their West, uh, their East Coast road trip, I should say, with mm-hmm. that first game tonight. So that should be a fun one. Also, streaming on ESPN Plus. Now, tomorrow, Saturday's games, you got Dallas and New York at 1130 a.m. Don't ask about the scheduling. Uh, Sacramento and uh, and the Clippers, they're at 3 o'clock. Again, don't ask the weird start. Uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, that's a surprisingly good Kings team. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that should be a fun one there. Uh, Milwaukee and uh, Charlotte, Orlando and Toronto at seven o'clock. You got OKC in Minnesota, Houston and Golden State, and rounding out uh, tomorrow night Saturday schedule. You got Portland and Utah at eight o'clock. All right, to the Sunday schedule at five o'clock. We'll have the Bulls finishing up their six game West Coast road trip. They'll take on the surprising Kings. That's at five o'clock. But at 2.30, we'll start off with Denver and New Orleans as the Nuggets facing the Pelicans. That should be an interesting one. Zion Williamson versus Nikolai Jokic. Uh, that should be a fun superstar matchup. At 3 o'clock on Sunday, during the football uh, schedule, we'll have Phoenix at San Antonio. At 5 o'clock, Boston at Brooklyn. Also at 5 o'clock, Memphis at Detroit. We'll have Cleveland at the MSG to take on the Knicks at the same time. And the Lakers will continue their East Coast road trip as they'll face the Washington Wizards in our nation's capital. In the lone NBA TV game of the night for Sunday, Indiana at Portland as the Pacers will continue their West Coast road trip to take on the Portland Trailblazers. And that is your schedule for this weekend. In the NBA, some good ones here, so you guys can check that out. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Akina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Now we're going to transition over to the gridiron. Of course, you know, first we're going to recap the Bills and uh, Patriots from last night. Uh, the Bills pulled away from the Patriots. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, 
just a big it, it really was as close to scoring the kid. I know 24 10. I know some people say that's not really, you know, a big, you know, scoring, but they dominate. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the Bills. They dominated uh, from the time of possession. They uh, they dominate yards and such. You saw uh, mm-hmm. Matt Jones's uh, comments, I guess, has gone have gone viral that they weren't able to move the ball. I mean, they, they did earlier in that in that matchup, but it, in that game, but they just you know, couldn't do it as you know, and sustain it. So that's been a, a big issue for them. Uh, you know, Josh Allen, you know, two touchdown uh, passes, 223 yards, uh, also had 20 yards rushing, though he has. Yeah, he didn't, have, he didn't lead the Bills in rushing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> also, yeah, the Bills are also the first team to beat uh, the Belichick uh, era uh, Patriots by double digits in three straight games, including the playoffs. They're also the first team to ever win at New England in th- at New England, you know, for three straight seasons. So. Uh, they've had the bill. Uh, the Bills have had the Patriots number as of late. So uh, I saw a little bit of this game. Said I mean, you know, especially once uh, the Bills started dominating, you know, going into the second quarter, it just wasn't. It wasn't close after that. So what did you think about this game? Yeah, uh, James Cook actually laid the Bills in rushing with 14 attempts for 64 yards, and that's why I was clapping just a couple of minutes ago. As I said before, if Josh Allen, which who still has that right elbow injury, by the way, if he leads your team in rushing, you're going to have problems. So, uh, as I said before, the Buffalo Bills will have to pull back on him, uh, scrambling out of the pocket, and, and we'll get to another team that should be doing that in just a moment. But uh, it was a well-balanced attack for Buffalo last night. Stephon Diggs had seven catches for 92 yards and in in a score uh the defense they'll be without von miller for the foreseeable future hopefully he returns in the last couple of weeks of the regular season but they did enough against an inferior team last night i know the patriots are not exactly at 500 but this is not your uh, patriots team or from a few years ago when tom brady was there and you had some of those veterans on a def- on on especially on defense but Buffalo, as you mentioned had that way with them last night i'm surprised the bills didn't put up any more points but uh Coming off a short week for both teams, you know Buffalo did what they had to do to win. Now they stand stand at nine three. They're battling KC right now for the top spot in the AFC. So uh, it, it's a critical stretch for the Buffalo Bills uh, if they want to secure that top spot come playoff time to earn that bye week. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a very interesting, especially with the Chiefs. They got you know they've got some you know tough games coming up too. I'm talking about the Chiefs and the Bills. The Bills. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they have an easy schedule, but you know they do. It's kind of stuff. They're kind of like. You know, the Chiefs got a tough one on uh, this week, so we'll talk about that in, in a bit. But, you know, they've, they've got a pretty, you know, not easy schedule. But, yeah, I mean, if you're Buffalo, you're hoping that you can't slip, you can't slip up. You got to hope that the Chiefs do slip up, and they could, they could, you know, on Sunday. We'll talk about that in the – like I said, we'll talk about that in the second hour. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of set up for them for kind of like, you know, to be like right there and such. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see if the Bills can – and also, too, you know, they lost top defensive guy, Yvonne, who's going to be on IR with a knee injury for about four weeks. So you're hoping that maybe he'll be back by the playoffs. He said if he hopes to be back by the playoffs. So, you know, that could be a hindrance. Yeah, they are getting other guys back on defense. So that, but you could tell the difference that Yvonne has made, you know, for that team. So hopefully he can be back, you know, by the by the playoffs or right, right near the end of the end of the, the regular season. So that, that way they can kind of get that balance going. And, you know, he's been the reason why, you know, they've been making some big plays on defense late. Yep. As you mentioned, he, he brings on that veteran experience. You saw what he did last year, helping with the Rams on their defense next to Aaron Donald as the Rams uh, won the Super Bowl last year over the Cincinnati Bengals. You mentioned that he did, the, he was doing the same thing this year for Buffalo, making a huge difference with that squad. Are they going to miss it for the short, short term? 
Yes, but I think as long as Miller returns healthy, as I mentioned before, the in the regular season, uh, that'll be great, especially if they clinch that top spot. So they'll give Miller an extra week uh, to heal up to hopefully go on a long playoff run for Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that as we, you know, as they finish the season. You only got about a month left or a little over a month left. So mm-hmm. that that's going to be uh, something to look out for as well. Now, we just because we have to, and I don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't, I mean, we have to, we don't really mm-hmm. want to, but we have to, we have to preview. Uh, <laughs> uh, Packers, Bears, it uh, looks like, you know, Aaron Rodgers already said that he is going to play. Happy birthday, Aaron Rodgers. He just turned <laughs> 38, Shocking. Today, 38 today. Uh, 38 today. It, it looks like, you know, Fields feels a full participant yesterday in practice. So it looks like he's going to be good to go. I mean, I don't know about you, Sid, but I feel like they're, I mean, that AC joint, you know, especially, you know, that defense where the Packers are probably going, going for that that shoulder. So yes. I, yes. I'm i I'm a little worried about Fields. I know he can kind of, he could be shifty and moving, but if he's not 100%, and, you know, by all accounts, this injury, he won't be 100% for the rest of the season. What's the point of playing him? You have nothing to play for. You're, you're out of the playoffs. So, like, what, what, what's the point? What's the point in playing him? Don't get me wrong. As a Bears fan, I want them to beat the Packers as much as anybody. But you have a bye week coming up, and I would have been okay with the Bears would have sat him. And if you read the reports too, if you believe them, Lakina, there's a partially torn ligament in that mm-hmm. shoulder too, yep. which makes it even worse, folks. Yep. I'm not a doctor, yes. but I go by common sense and not nonsense. And so I would have kept him out and given another extra week. But if it doesn't risk injuring any further, I guess that that's what the Bears are going to do. But my issue is this. You could do so many three-step three drops with Justin Fields and have him surveying the field, which one of the things where we, we were looking at for him to approve on this year. But you could do four-star jobs, three-step drops. But that Packers defense, as you mentioned, they're going to blitz him like he's a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know the Packers defense hasn't been that good this year, but uh, they're going to – uh, licking their their chops because that Bears mm-hmm. offensive line in terms of pass protection has been horrible. We've been knowing that for the last couple of years. And has a guy any better. So I'm with you, Lakeen. I'm worried about um, Justin. Uh, he, he knows how to take care of himself, but I, you know, it, it could be potentially bad. Uh, like I said, I want the best for that young man, but uh, something tells me that uh, I don't want anything bad to happen to him, but uh, the risk is even higher with that shoulder injury. And the the way that he's not sliding properly, I know right. he can get out of bounds, but he's not sliding properly. Someone should teach him that during his offseason, by the way. But the way that he plays with reckless abandon, abandon at times, uh, it can hurt your team. Absolutely, and, uh, and I think, like you said, that that's been the that's we know how that O line it has been an issue for the for the Bears. It hasn't gotten any better, like you like you said. So I'm a little bit worried. You gotta think that those you know that defense you know for the Packers, yeah, they've been kind of you know, uh, but. Apparently, mm-hmm. I guess the Bears you know lead the way in total defense, which I I don't I don't get that, but oh oh, oh right, uh, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah I saw that somewhere yeah I saw that somewhere. I'm like wait huh how how are they how are they leading in total defense? Although the Packers are, are, are right behind, right in front of them, so how 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 is that possible? Yeah, but, and they gave up huh? forty points last week. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm I, talking I, about I the Packers. Know. Yeah, I was like yeah I don't, I don't know how is that possible, but yeah look like I said the NFL strange at times, but you know but yeah I mean this could this could get ugly for on both ends. <laughs> So, yeah. so this could be, you know, one of those games where, like, I won't be watching this game. You guys can watch, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, like, keep this game in the background. I'll be watching other games via my, uh, you know, various devices and such. So, I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, okay, let, let, let's, 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 uh, okay. 
but it would be, you know, we'll do our picture, Christine, this in a, after you know, about this time, but I wouldn't be surprised. If, I, I'm sure that's a, re- that's a reason why A-Rod wants to play. He wants to play so he can stick it to the Bears one more time. So bad thumb, bad, you know, bruised oblique and all, he's going to want to try and stick it to the, <laughs> stick it to the Bears mm-hmm. one more time. And look, I know they're banged up. You know, Aaron Jones is banged up. So is A.J. Dillon. They're, they're all questionable. Um, you know, Romeo Dobbs is going to be interested to see how how uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, well, not, not Jalen Johnson, but uh, how they're, uh, the, that young secondary for the Bears uh, defend mm-hmm. him. You know, assuming that he plays out, he's been baked up too. So, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting you know, with, with this matchup. I mean, like, I know, you know, pride and such, you know, it's the Packers, yada, yada, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> like, you know, you know, the Packers four and eight, the Bears are three and nine. Like, they're both going to be going to their bye week. So, after this game, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about this game for Sunday. I'm looking at the running games for both teams. As you mentioned, Aaron Jones is banged up for the Packers. I know A.J. Dillon has been a, a much of a disappointment as anyone on that team. On the flip side for the Bears, of course, uh, your running game improves statistically with Justin Fields at quarterback. How much he runs, we'll soon find out. He'll probably still have to run more than he has to because of that bad offensive line. But you still have uh, David Montgomery. You still have Travis Ebner, who's replacing Khalil Harper, who's on currently on IR. I'm looking at uh, the running games for both these teams. How much will the Bears use the running game to take pressure off of Justin Fields? We'll see what happens with that. Christian Watson, the rookie wide receiver for the Packers, I think he's going to step out and have a big game. And like mm-hmm. you said, Lakina, with Eddie Jackson down that secondary, Kylo Gordon, Jalen Johnson, and Jaquan Brisker, my guy, they're going to get tested, get tested big time against those Packers wide receivers. Like you said, Aaron Rodgers wanted to play because I see a young secondary. Uh, they mm-hmm. still good in some spots, but they're not there yet. And I want to test my skills against that bad secondary. So that's why Aaron Rodgers is playing. On the flip side for the Bears offense with Darnell Mooney now gone for the year, who's going to step up wide receiver wise? Mm-hmm. Uh, Velas Jones, the rookie out of Tennessee. You still have Byron Pringle, who the free agent signed from Kansas City. You still got to work in Chase Claypool. This mm-hmm. is the week that he should get more than three targets a game. We saw a, a, a little bit more of that last week against the Jets, even though most of that game was in garbage time. I want to see Chase Claypool get involved in the game plan as well. So that's what I'm uh, looking forward to this Sunday. Well, you actually found something to look forward to. I, I commend you for that, Sid. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, look, I mean, look, Brisker's going to have a tough showing. You know, I think Christian Watson, I think, will probably have another breakout game against that, that secondary unless he's going to be the one that's going to try to kind of keep kind of tame it, which, you know, could happen. He's probably mm-hmm. the he's really the only like you know decent secondary uh you know guy the Bears have now with Eddie Jackson being out the rest of the year so that that's gonna be sort of a big thing you know as well and I, and I think like you said I think he saw I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers saw that Bears secondary like okay you know I can actually we can actually pull some things off here I know I'm not I don't have the arm like I used to but I think he's gonna try and kind of like you know stick it to the Bears one more time and look this again this is this is gonna be a game where you're you're kind of like eh, okay whatever. Like oh yeah, the Bears win. Okay, whatever. If your Packers, if the Packers win, okay, whatever. You know, it's not gonna be. You know, you're going to both teams are gonna be going to their bye week, so you're like, eh, okay. So look, I mean, the, it'll be you know who will have more sacks, who will have more rushing yards. It might you know, the Bears cannot to... pressure any quarterback right no, now. They so, can't, so Aaron Rodgers could potentially have a, like you said, a big day. I wouldn't be surprised if he passed. Uh, uh, over 300 yards. I, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, this Bears defense lacks pressure. I know they don't have the talent yet, but uh, they can't rush Aaron Rodgers. Even if you try to bless him, he's still going to beat you. So 
uh, defensively, Allen Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Bears, he's going to have to come up with the greatest game plan in the world for this bad defense to contain Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if, he, if he's going to do that or not. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if you know if that if he does have a plan. But yeah, it's going to be hard, especially. So I, I think you know you're you're looking at your chops, your Aaron Rodgers, especially that defense. Now, as far as Fields is concerned, like the might look like I said, the only thing I'm worried about with Fields is that if, if they don't go for that 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 AC joint, that that's really mm-hmm. going to be the concern at this point, you know, is especially if he slides. You know, like it's like you said, he's a, he needs to you know you know concentrate, you know, and starting to you know, slide in a proper way because he get one hit to that shoulder, he's done. So yeah, it and so you're like you hope that doesn't happen, but that that could happen. So this could get ugly, folks. This could get very ugly. So I'll, <laughs> I'll just you know, warning you right now. Yeah, and also to one more note before we close up, shout for hour number one. Uh, will the tight ends for both teams be used? Robert Tunya has been uh, underutilized all year for the Packers. I know he's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, so we'll see if he gets involved in the game plan for Green Bay. On the flip side, Cole Kamen, as I said before, we have a tight end, folks. Let's see if Justin Fields can use him a little bit more on Sunday, especially if and when they get to the red zone. Yeah, so... Mm, okay. Well, yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. Though, nonetheless, it should be uh, it should be interesting as it is between these two rivals. So yeah. So you can check that game out on Fox at noon Eastern time over at Soldier Field. So uh, I feel bad for uh, Joe Davis and a uh, Moose. No, Adam Amin is doing a g- uh, game. Oh, it's probably better that Hometown way. Hometown yeah, guy. <laughs> yes, it's probably better that way. Yo, know, him and Stink Schler. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that this, this is gonna go. But yeah. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up. We got, you know, Sean Davis, your co-host of Lucky Lefty Podcast, previewing the championship Saturday in college football. Also, our girl, Christine Medica, you know, you know, White Sox made some news earlier this week. And also, uh, Jose Abreu's comments are causing quite a, a stir in White Sox dumb fandom, right, Sid? And, uh, <laughs> of course, our NFL picks. Also, to us, uh, some congratulations for uh, Miss Christine that we got to shout out to her as well. Mm-hmm. So, Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Hour number two coming up right after this break. Do you know that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
hear the calling, few will earn the title. United States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports and the Hashtag Football Friday Edition live in living color right here on SportsZone Chicago. Along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brownhead. That's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow Lakeem McGee on the Twitter and again the IG. You have a question or comment for our next guest as we talk college football. You always hit us up on the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two in style by this previewing championship Saturday, along with the little Bulls and White Sox talk uh, uh, mixed in. He's our guy formerly of ESPN 1000 here in Chicago. He, he is the co-host of the Lucky Lefty podcast with former Notre Dame quarterback, Mr. Malik Zaire. Here comes our brother from, in the same mother, Mr. Sean Davis. Sean, welcome Yay. to our show. How are you? What's up, family? Sid, Keena, how you guys doing? What's up? You're doing What's great. Up? Man, same here, man. Just uh, this is my favorite time of the year. All sports, right. online playing, big weekend coming up in college football. I love the holidays. It's a great time to be alive. Yeah, yeah yes, nothing sir. wrong with that. Uh, let's start out with uh, we're in Big Ten country, so we'll start out with the Big Ten championship game. Will be taking place in Indianapolis uh, with the Michigan Wolverines against the Purdue Boilermakers. Of course, we saw what Michigan did did at Columbus against Ohio State, especially in that second half. Michigan's defense is a little bit different this year than it was uh, last year, but it's still pretty good. Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, uh, he's been the best, one of the best quarterbacks in college football in the second half. You saw what he did against Illinois a few weeks ago. You saw what he did in the clinching game last week at Indiana. Uh, what are your uh, key matchups for this matchup? Look, this is going to be really simple, and it's going to come down to coaching. And I think Jim Harbaugh did an amazing job and has done so the last two years of out-coaching Ryan Day in that matchup. And coaching is going to be paramount and Lucas Oil this weekend because Jeff Brom has done a tremendous job at Purdue. Mm -hmm. Like the resources, he doesn't have the players. He constantly has to mix and match with quarterbacks and develop guys and go into the portal. And he had a great defense two years ago, and the most of those guys went to the NFL. Mm -hmm. He started off slow, had a almost – Big win against Syracuse early in the season when Syracuse was rolling. They came up short. But I think the role that they got on, which was highlighted by going to Champaign and getting that big win mm-hmm. in a hotly contested game, I think Jeff Rom and what he's going to do with the running game is going to be the key. I think Aiden O'Connell 
Charlie Jones, at wide receiver, transfer in from Iowa, who's having an amazing year, and the big target at tight end, Durham. They're going to be able to make plays in a passing game. But if they're able to supplement that somehow with the running game against a difficult Michigan defense to run the ball against, but Illinois found a way to have some success in the second half of that game on the ground, and they were able to give themselves opportunities. They just weren't able to really cash them in. Tommy DeVito missing on a couple of long balls. Purdue will keep this one close. They'll have the opportunities. I do think Michigan ends up winning it. But somehow, some way, if they can supplement the passing game with a little bit of a running game, Michigan might be in trouble late in this game because I think it's going to be a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. Well, and also, but also, Michigan hasn't given up a lot of points too in the fourth quarter either. So, and remember, they did not they have they did not play this year. So, this is going to be the first week between these two this year. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what they say, especially with Blake Horn being out too. So that that's going to be a little bit of a dead for Michigan's offense, but. Donovan Edwards, you know, you got Ricky Bell. I think they can kind of pick up the slack. But like I said, it's going to be the defense. And I think the key is going to be for that. Now let's talk about tonight's Pac-12 championship game. You got Utah and USC. Of course, Utah got the best of USC in the first meeting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is going to be in Las Vegas. So uh, what, what, what's, your, what's your synopsis of this matchup? I really think you got a preview of what this matchup is probably going to look like when USC faced off against Notre Dame because Notre Dame and Utah want to win the same way. They want to pound you. They want to throw to their tight ends that they have, and then they want to play solid defense. And that's the way they were able to defeat USC. They took advantage of USC's lack of size and depth on defense, especially in the trenches. USC wants to get out in front and unleash those pass rushers. That's what they want to do. They're top three in sacks on the year. They want to get after you. If they can get out in front about seven to ten points and make you play from behind, that goes into what their defense does well, as well as being the number one defense and turnover ratio in the country. That's what they do. They want to kind of play fast, fast break football, in a sense. Utah keeps it a one possession game and they're able to continue to run the ball. And that's when USC can get into difficulties, especially late in games. Utah was able to come back late in that game and win it late. With it being a neutral field, the difference is Cam Rising. He's the difference. He doesn't have to beat Caleb Williams. He just happens to be. Look, the difference in the Notre Dame, and this is just not me being a Notre Dame homer or me covering Notre Dame. The difference in the Notre Dame USC game was the two turnovers Notre Dame had. They're going in to score, they turn the ball over. Once again, in midfield, they turn the ball over. It wasn't like USC was just flat out stopping them. Those were self-induced mistakes by Notre Dame. So Notre Dame would have had an opportunity to be in that game late and allow their run game and the attrition of the game to take control. That's exactly what Utah did. They stayed in the game. They stayed close. And they allowed their offensive line and their run game the ability to take over late because USC is not deep. That's a lot of snaps that that front seven and getting Eric Gentry back at linebacker is going to be huge in this matchup to go against that run game. So Caleb Williams has been special. I think he's going to continue to be special, and he's going to find a way to win this game. But I expect it to be a back-and-forth battle, and I still expect USC in this edition of the game, I expect them to win by 10 points, pulling away in the fourth. 
We hang out with our guy Sean Davis from the Lucky Lefty Podcast right here on Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday Edition right here on Sports on Chicago. Silly King here with you previewing Championship Saturday. Another game that's going to have major college football playoff implications is the Big 12 Championship game taking place in AT&T Stadium tomorrow between Kansas State and TCU. Basically, TCU wins the game. They'll be in the college football playoff. But Kansas State... Uh, they finished strong uh, for the for the Big 12 part of their schedule, and they're nine and three. But they are led by their running back uh, Deuce Vaughn, who has seven touchdowns, rushing touchdowns on the year. But TCU on the flip side has Matt Duke in that quarterback and Quinn Johnson as a star wide receiver. What are your key factors uh, for for both teams? For TCU, it's as simple as I said. If they win, they're in, but they've shown some crack, cracks over the last couple of weeks that they can't be beaten. I wouldn't take this Kansas State team lightly. Dude, this Kansas State team in the first matchup was up 17 points on TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU yep. was able to come back and win it late. This is going to be the game that Bears fans should watch because you should be watching the TCU wide receiver. If you're looking for a wide receiver, Bears fans, watch this young man. He is absolutely special. He is a matchup nightmare outside for Max Dugan and the TCU offense. I will say this, Sid. TCU has impressed me. And okay. most teams that come out of the Big 12 win it one way. They outscore you each and every mm-hmm. week. TCU has won close games, low scoring. They've come out, they've come from behind on the road, like they did against Kansas State. Mm-hmm. They've had back and forth battles like they did on the road against a Kansas team that was playing really well before their injuries mounted up. They were able to go into Texas on the road mm-hmm. and play a slobber knocker game just back and forth and make key plays late in that game to get a victory on the road when Texas was still in the hunt for the Big 12 championship game. So they found ways to win in multiple ways. That makes me think that they have a little bit more worth as a Big 12 team coming into this championship game because no matter how the game goes, they feel like they have a chance to win. And I believe, man, Coach Dykes has done a tremendous job with this program. No one saw this coming from TCU. No one. It's going to be about Kansas State being able to control the narrative in this game. Can they run the ball, keep the ball away from the TCU offense, and let Deuce Vaughn have one of those 150-yard, two, three-touchdown games that you've been used to seeing this year from him? He's a stud as well. So we'll see how it goes. Whoever controls the action and the flow of the game and the tempo is going to have a great advantage in this. If Kansas State jumps out front and is able to run the ball, they have a great chance of pulling the upset. But I think TCU has shown that they can win a plethora of ways this year. And I think they're going to pull this one out as well. But remember, though, those those are the games that come back and bite you in the butt, too. So we'll see yeah. if, if K-State can uh, set the tone early like they did in their their first meeting. Uh, the SEC championship game, of course, is in Atlanta and Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Of course, you got LSU, who's coming off that loss of te- the Texas A&M. I don't know how yeah. they lost, but, you know, uh, and Georgia. Now, should Georgia lose? You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but should Georgia lose? Do they still get into the playoff? Yeah. Georgia's locked in. They're either going to be the number one seed or the number four seed. They went, we went through this last year with Georgia. Yeah. They went, they lost to Alabama. They got in and eventually they won the national championship or they won the playoff. So Georgia's Georgia to me, just watching the total landscape of college football this year is Georgia. And then everybody else 
is like a tier below. Like Georgia was bored this year. If you mm-hmm. watched them, play. Mm-hmm. you watched mm-hmm. that Missouri game, they were bored. Yeah. And when they got ready to turn it on late in that game, they turned it on and Missouri had no shot. And you, you saw them ratchet things up when they had to face Tennessee. When they faced that first team that everybody was saying, uh-oh, they might be able to beat Georgia, they took Tennessee behind the woodshed and let them know, mm-hmm. we're right, nobody can mess with us. And I think we're going to see that not only in the SEC championship game, but I think you're going to end up seeing that in the playoff. Doesn't mean they're going to blow teams out, but I think you're going to see them, you know, for two consecutive games, be able to bring the trophy back home. Also, too, the ACC championship game will take place tomorrow night in Charlotte between number nine Clemson at 10 and two against number 23 North Carolina at 93. Sean, you tell me, I'm just an outsider looking in, but North Carolina has been one of the best teams in the country. They had a strong finish to their regular season. We expect a lot from Clemson, but they had a, some stumbling blocks this year, even though they finished with the 10 and two mark. Uh, perfect. Aiden known in a down year in the ACC, but uh, UNC, they have a, a quarterback that not too many people talk about. His name is Drake May. Uh, he he has 35 touchdown passes so far this year. Also, their star wide receiver, Josh Downs, he has uh, 11 total uh, receiving touchdowns. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this matchup? Because I don't think it's going to be easy as easy as people think for Clemson. North Carolina could give them a game. North Carolina could give them a game, but North Carolina really struggles to stop the run. Mm-hmm. And that's really all Clemson can do. They can run the ball really well with Will Shipley. And they dominated South Carolina early in that game. And then Spencer Rattler just caught fire. Who is a, he's been absolutely amazing the last two games for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Once he caught fire, the secondary, which has struggled all year and was pretty much exposed early in the season by Wake Forest, and you knew that they would continue to struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is going to be who can take advantage of the other team's weakness. Like, is Drake May going to go off against that secondary? And can the running game of Will Shipley leading the way for Clemson, can they do the damage to the poor defense uh, of North Carolina? I I thought this game was going to be one of the best games because this game was pretty much locked in for like two weeks. You knew it was going to be Clemson, North mm-hmm. Carolina. But – the way both teams kind of stumbled, like UNC stumbling against Georgia Tech late in the season, and then Clemson, you know, just getting crushed by Notre Dame and then losing the way they did to South Carolina and that rivalry game. It's kind of took taking a little bit of the luster because there is no CFP uh, connections, implications connected to it. Neither of these teams are going to be in the playoffs. So and the first time that Clemson won't be involved in the playoffs, <laughs> started, so it's probably a shock to them, but by no means uh, do I think. Well, I'll say this it might end up being one of the most exciting games of the weekend, mm-hmm. just from a points entertainment standpoint. And Drake May is a joy to watch, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you want to watch the next two great quarterbacks in the next draft coming up in 2024. Watch Caleb Williams and Drake May this weekend. They're probably one and two in the 2024 draft. So your entertainment buck, you can get it in the Clemson-North Carolina game. Mm-hmm. Should be great. I'll, I'll go slightly, slightly I'm going to trust the better quarterback and Drake May. 
agree. Now, before we move on to uh, to the White Sox and such, what other uh, conference championship games are you looking forward to uh, tomorrow? Of course, the other championship game is the UCFA UCF matchup with Tulane. Uh, Tulane is someone to watch specifically for Notre Dame fans because if they win, that might be a bold matchup for them. And uh, that's what I'll be locked on pretty much. That game, and uh, we talked about the other games. So other than that, the UCF-Tulane uh, matchup, I think it's going to be high scoring and entertaining. And Tulane has had an incredible season. They had that unfortunate loss about three weeks ago. They would have been in the outside runnings, possibly for an NY6 Bowl, if they had stayed on course. But like I said, this is a rematch. Uh, UCF got them earlier, and I look for Tulane to kind of rebound and get the victory in this one. We're hanging out with our guy, Sean Davis, from the co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. He's on the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina hanging out here with you. Sean, let's Lakina say, let's go to the White Sox. And, of course, Jose Abreu signs a three-year contract with the Houston Astros, meaning White Sox fans are are very upset. There are stories yeah. coming out that they offered Jose a contract, but it wasn't nearly enough. Now, Lakina said, closing out our first hour, that Jose Abreu from his camp had a couple of comments about the White Sox organization. Of course, the White Sox picked up. Uh, Mike Clevenger from, from a free agent from the San Diego Padres to fill out that fifth spot in the rotation. Uh, what do you think about the White Sox uh, 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 making that move? And do you think this would be the last big move that Jim Rick Hahn makes? I hope it's not because you have the winter means coming on. Usually the White Sox strike it at least sort of hot uh, during this time of year. Man, my, my good buddy, I uh, worked with the ESPN brand at Caldwell. He's a huge Houston Astros fan. He lives down mm -hmm. there in Houston. I texted him immediately and said, it must be nice to have an owner that wants to win. And yeah. <laughs> you just won the World Series and you go get Jose Abreu. Like, <laughs> like, tell me how that feels. But Jose came into this organization when this organization was really at its lowest mm -hmm. and gave this organization a star to connect to and a reason to watch White Sox games when they weren't going to be in contention for even a division. And you knew that, but watching him come out and be the consummate professional and the consummate professional hitter, 300, 30 home runs, hundred RBI on bad teams. He was the draw. And that's, you know, we love Pito. I don't know a White Sox fan that has anything negative to say about Jose Abreu. So I'm happy for him that he gets to play on a true, true competitive baseball team that has a great shot at winning the World Series. He needs to experience that before he chooses to retire. I, I thought it was a little petty that he said, you know, he got tired of the cold and got tired of losing. But I understand. I understand the comments. And I probably would have felt the same way. So, um, honestly, it just it shines the light once again on the front office with the White Sox. The Clevenger move, if you believe in what Ethan Katz has done with the young guys like uh, Cease and Kopech, and you see Kopech taking the next step as Dylan Cease took, mm -hmm. I can see it. You know, but this this pitching staff now is just a bunch of ifs. That's all it is, right? Mm -hmm. If this if if Dylan Cease 
can do it again if Michael Kopech stays healthy, if Lucas Giolito can go back to his original form or his form of two years ago. It's just a bunch of ifs. There's nothing to really hang your hat on. Like, what are you hanging your hat on other than Dylan Cease in that pitching staff? You know, there's nothing. So it's going to be a bunch of duct tape, spit, luck, prayers, <laughs> everything trying to hold that starting pitching staff together and seeing if they can deliver, you know, a good season on the south side. Do you think that the Sox are going to go for Aaron Judge? I mean, there are some rumors that they might they might go for. They might offer him a big contract. And if not, who's like your, your, like your top, list of top free agents that the White Sox should go after? I mean, I have a bunch of guys. The, the name that jumps out to me, and the reason I say this is because it gives you some flexibility. I would go after Xander Bogarts. You know, he's probably okay. going to cost about mid-20s annually maybe give him a four or five year deal 25 26 a year and he's open to playing third base he's open to playing third base which means you can leave tim a shortstop which means you can move your Moncada back to second and if he doesn't move back to second then you can use him as a trade piece to go get another piece i mean that's that's personally who i would target you know trey turner is going to be over 30 million probably want more years, but Xander Bogarts is probably going to have a slightly smaller market than Trey Turner. It's not going to cost much. I mean, I would go after Dansby Swanson too, but that would mean moving Tim Anderson, which I, I don't think he would be open to doing now as being the true leader on this team. So Xander Bogarts, because he's going to actually play third base in the World Baseball Classic, and he came up as a third baseman uh, when he was drafted. So. That that intrigues me. Yeah, one more question before we move on to the to the Bulls, Sean. For for the outfield, of course, Luis Robert. Another if if he stays healthy, we know that he's a top five talent uh, in, in the league, not just with his bat, with the glove as well. Of yeah. course, Eloy Jimenez should be the uh, full time DH. Period. I don't want to hear Lakina and everybody by you saying that they love. Uh, Eloy Jimenez wrapping himself up in the neck, trying to catch a foul ball. I'm I'm sick of hearing it personally. I'm sick of seeing it at games. I'm sick of watching it on TV. So I love you, Lakina, but I don't want you to uh, say that about Eloy Jimenez anymore. But with that being said, I know there's some free agent options in, uh, uh, out there as far as defensively for the yeah. outfield. Of course, Brandon Nimmo for the New York Mets. Me personally, I, I want to say Cody Bellinger. I know the Dodgers released him for financial reasons. Plus, he's been struggling at the plate the last couple of years. But he, he brings that glove defensively. I, I don't think it would be a bad idea to to uh, to give Cody Bellinger. But uh, I'm worried about that batting average. You know, it could slightly improve on the side side because you know as well as I do, Sox Park is a crackerjack box for folks in home runs just as scavenge sheets. But uh, what are your thoughts about who they could pick up in the Alpha via trade or free agency this offseason? You know, Cody Bellinger wouldn't be a bad gamble. I think people are expecting him to get somewhere between 12 to 15. Uh, you give him a one-year deal. That's what he's looking for. It, I mean, if you offer him a one-year deal, two-year deal with a, a team option, see if he can get his bat right. You're right. His, his defensive metrics are off the chain. Like his run mm -hmm. saved and – his range in center field, and he can play center. He can play every position in the outfield, like every single position. And maybe another year recovery from soldier uh, from that shoulder issue, he gets a little bit stronger and correct correct things at the plate. I wouldn't be mad. 
at the White Sox taking a gamble on him. I wouldn't be mad at all. Nemo, uh, once again, small sample size of success, <laughs> a little bit older as a free agent. He's probably going to be looking for, and deservedly so, somewhere around four to five years, <laughs> which puts him at a probably about 33, 34 by the time that deal is up. Like, do you want to be getting, like, subprime years, possibly, in half of that deal? It's something to think about. And he's probably going to get over $20 million. You know, the market's probably going to be right there for him. I don't think the White Sox, but he will be perfect at the top of the order next to Tim. Yeah. As a left-handed bat, like I'll be all for it. Like if we actually had an owner that wanted to spin, yeah, it'd be a perfect fit. But I don't, I don't see it. But I would. Cody Bellinger is more realistic, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. That see it, that would be, that would be perfect. And we already know some somewhere May June Oscar Colas is going to be your right fielder. So mm-hmm. we already know that. So. And I hope these rumors about Louis Robert being on the trade. On the trade block, yeah. I hope that's not true. Like, don't give up on this young man quite. Same here. (laughs) Don't do that. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so. I think, look, you're gonna see like all types of weird like reports coming out and stuff. So unless you unless you see from Ken Roosevelt or John Hamm or John Morrissey or some of the others. Blue check marks, folks. Yeah, so Nightingale too. Yeah, well, yeah, he's probably the best source, I guess, for the White Sox. So unless any of those guys, I think you know, don't believe everything you see on here. Now, going to the NBA for a second as we wrap things up here with Mr. Sean Davis, co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Uh, the NBA now, the Bulls, you know, they're okay. The they're nine and twelve. I mean, but the the East has gotten a lot better, and the West, you know. The Warriors, or you know, if the season were to end today, will be will be in the playing uh, tournament. Believe it or not. So, what's your thoughts, early thoughts, some uh, so far about the Bulls and the NBA at large? Uh, my first thought about the NBA right now is that we're seeing the young stars rise in the transition of the old stars, like LeBron. You see him transitioning out. Uh, KD, I can see him transitioning out. Kyrie. Those guys are going to be on the back burner, and now it's going to be about Jason Tatum and Luca and John Morant. That like we're literally watching the transition right before our eyes. Don't get me wrong, you know LeBron's probably going to play a couple more years. KD is playing fantastic right now, you know. But the Brooklyn Nets aren't going anywhere as a team, so it's going to be exciting. I think the Western Conference is going to be exciting all year. Totally shocked. Honestly, with all the turmoil that was surrounding the Suns and not having Chris Paul, that they are number one in the West once again. They have an automatic uh, Devin Booker playing like an all-star, dropping 50-plus on the Bulls the other <laughs> night. I just think it's an, it's an exciting time. You see youngsters like Paulo Boncaro for Orlando. And just the way he plays, he's going to be a stud, you know, and a linchpin for that organization moving forward. So. I think we're seeing the young stars kind of rising to the top of the NBA and being the new faces of the league and some of the old guard having their last shots to really uh, have power. And I think Golden State, eventually they'll be dangerous in the playoffs. I don't know if their defense can get back to the same level. And I think their defense, you know, kind of deteriorating is connected to Draymond Green. Just – you can see the physical wear and tear. He's not the same mm-hmm. player. And he pretty much was the spear 
head of that defense for them. And then for me, the Bulls. Oh, I'd just like to point out that the Celtics and what they're doing with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon was a fantastic pickup. It's, even with the new coach, it's really impressive. Everything that they went through off the court leading into the season, for those players to be locked in and to get better as a team, thoroughly impressed. You have shockers like the Pacers. The Pacers have Yo, young, long, talented, can really shoot the three, even when they played the Bulls and they came to the United Center. That was a fantastic game. Fantastic fourth quarter game. So the Bulls, for me, missed opportunity. And it was just injuries, man. Just unfortunate injuries to Zach and um, Lonzo last year. They were the number one seed. And I mm -hmm. thought they really would have at least gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals. Without if no injuries had taken place last year and the injuries continue. At first, we thought Lonzo would be back by the start of next year. Now that's being pushed back. Reports are it's not looking good once again. We only have DeMar for another year after this. Vooch is a free agent next year. Zach is still trying to come back from his procedure. It's it's to a point now where you have to think about. Man, do we blow it up? Do we trade DeMar? Do we trade Vooch at the trade deadline? Because at this point, it's a struggle to see if they're even going to be in the play-in. No, it really is. And I don't know because things as they were constructed last year really looked like for the next couple of years, the Bulls are really going to be a contender in the East. And we just haven't seen it. You know, We haven't seen growth that we thought was coming from Pat Williams. Kobe White, you know, is who he is. I don't know. It's just a stagnant place to be for that organization, a place of stagnation. And I really don't see a way out. I really don't. Other than, you know, making some moves and taking a step back to go after Giannis and free agency, which has been linked to the Bulls for a long time now. All right, that's been our guy, Mr. Sean Davis. You can catch him as the co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast with co-host Mr. Malik Zaire. You can get that podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at SD2Mics. Once again, at SD2, the number two, Mike's M-I-C-S. Sean, as always, thank you very much for joining us. You keep up the great uh, work. and Enjoy the championship Saturday. We'll definitely have you back on again soon. Anytime, guys, man. You guys have a great holiday to you and all of your followers and listeners. I appreciate you guys. Same no, you to too. You. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, Sean. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. All right, Lakina. That was Sean Davis once again, the co-host of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We we definitely gotta uh, uh, get this two and two break in. We gotta cool off, but yes. you know we gotta gotta come back on the flip side, finish this thing strong. We still got our NFL picks to do. We got some White Sox news to talk about with our girl Christine, and we got some congratulations from her side as well. We won't tell you about that. We'll let her do that herself. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You listen to the hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. 
These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to our last segment of the show, last segment of the week, right here on the hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can get at yours truly via the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You following back, Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's Grimm on the IG. We have less than a half hour left of this fabulous program. If you want to get at us via the comments section, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's not waste any more time. Let's bring out our girl who has some exciting news for us. She's on KXRB Radio Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Here comes our whole group, Miss Christine, the Queen Medical. What up, Christine? Hi. All right, you want to start out with the good news first? 
do do I want to start off? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I I am engaged. Yay! <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that uh engagement come about? Uh, by the grace of God is what I like to say. <laughs> well, where did, where, did, where did Chris propose to you at? Um, it was at the, there's a sculpture in Sioux Falls called the Ark of Dreams. I like to describe it as the equivalent to the bean in Chicago. So mm -hmm. just one of those big structures that are permanently there. And he proposed as we were walking to dinner over there so yeah and then the best part was we had all of our our friends surprise me um at, afterwards so it was great oh i love that that was it. i want to know where you guys are registered so i'm gonna get you i'm gonna get you guys a gift so i want to yeah exactly it's a home fund that's what we decided on most of it's gonna be all home fund stuff oh, okay all right well so make sure you send me the link to the i got it <laughs> We're, right. we're just we're finalizing some stuff now and getting stuff together so a lot happening yeah so once it. again congratulations from us here in second city sports so you and chris are perfect match so like you say take your time with that stuff yeah. don't get in on each no other's rush. nerves too much you guys will be fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> get on his nerves just by giving him the honey to-do list every time i go to work uh -huh. well, see, there you go. <laughs> see, he still, he still, he still likes doing it. Yeah. So, uh, yes. like I said, just let, just let us know the details. It says, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll send you, you know, gifts and whatnot. So, yeah. Just, oh, jeez. Uh, but like I said, just take your, take your time. You know, no, no rush. Take your time doing all that. I mean, you don't want to overwhelm yourselves too, too quick here. Now, going into back to business here, you'll know, get to the uh, week thirteen uh, picks. Uh, okay, so didn't have a good week the week before during the Thanksgiving uh, week. Uh, Christine, you and I both only had seven. You know, Sid had nine. I eight. Check your math, I got to do my math again. Oh, boy, I got to do my math again. Wait a second. Hold on. Check your math. One, I got, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I had uh, eight. All right, I had okay. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got your. You're keeping me honest here, uh, Chrissy. You got. Okay, you got eight. We both had the great thing is that we all had ten last week. So you know, uh, Sid, that Sid, was right. <laughs> yeah. So we yeah, we all had ten. So we all actually did pretty well. So you know, probably our best you know show at least for at least for me you know in a, in a little bit. So you know, <laughs> you know there, uh, Sid still uh, leads by like you know two games. But you know, but the good news is is that look, we're still you know we're still like you know four or five weeks left. So it's gonna be uh, mm -hmm. it's gonna be uh interesting there. But uh, yeah, my uh. So you may have to uh, go because my my computer is beeping. So uh, you may have to uh, take uh, you know take over here for the first game. All right, the first game up on the docket on Sunday will take place in Atlanta, Georgia. It's between the Atlanta Falcons, who are five and seven. They'll host the four and seven Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Falcons lost a close one at Washington last week, nineteen thirteen. Pittsburgh upsets. Uh, Pittsburgh upsets Indianapolis at Indy on Monday Night Football last week. Christine, I'll start with you. Pittsburgh is favored by one point on the road. Talk about a pick em. Um, You know, Atlanta, they, they've had a lot of great games this season. They've even impressed me as some of the, the underdogs this season. Um, but, but I think, uh, this, again, this is a tough one. I think Pittsburgh is going to enjoy the atmosphere be, being on the turf and being in a dome, actually, Atlanta. So I, I think... Mm -hmm. They're going to adjust pretty well. I don't think the traveling is going to make that much of a, much of a difference. Um, mm -hmm. I, I It just kind of depends on how the players are feeling. So I'm going to pick the Steelers. 
I will go with the Atlanta Falcons only because they're at home. They had a chance to uh, take the game from Washington last week on the road. It was a close one, but uh, they failed to execute down the stretch. And so I'll, I'll, I will go with the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, Lakina is getting her, her audio situated. We'll get her pick uh, from that game in just a moment. Let's go to the next game. This will take will be taking place in Detroit's Ford Field. It's the 4-7 Lions hosting the 4-7 Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, Detroit went back to their losing ways last week, but they've been playing a whole lot better. Uh, it went down to the final play at home against Buffalo on Thanksgiving Day. I know a lot of the nation was impressed by that. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they actually came back to beat Baltimore last week on a two-point yeah. conversion, being Lamar Jackson and crew. So, and Jacksonville is favored by one. So who do you have in this one? You know, I Jacksonville got lucky last week, and here is why. I believe Justin Tucker had about a 68-yard field goal, if not 70-yard field goal guaranteed. That guy can make it on any day. He was so close to getting it. So that's why I say that they got really lucky, and that was kind of like Jacksonville Super Bowl, you can say. Um, for Detroit, I don't think their team right now is the solid answer. I think it's the coach that's really motivating them right now. I think it's all the coach that's encouraging them to keep going, win or lose situation. Um, and that goes with Jared Goff, too. I don't think he's the answer for the for the Lions at the moment. But I do believe the coach is the answer. And because of that, I'm going to pick the Lions, and they're at home. I'm going with Jacksonville. They're a one-point favorite on the road, so this is really a toss-up game. I know both teams are four and seven, mm -hmm. uh, looking to improve. Jacksonville, they can possibly make a surprise one to a wild card, but they still have a long way to go. Let's go to Minneapolis, where the 92 Minnesota Vikings will host the 7-4 Jets. Of course, the Vikings last week uh, bounced back with a Thanksgiving night win at home against New England. You saw what New England did last night, which is mm -hmm. absolutely nothing. And of course, yeah. the Jets embarrassed the Bears last week. The Bears are embarrassing themselves as well, but we won't really? get into that. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are 92. The Jets are 74. The Minnesota Vikings are uh, even three Point favorites, minus three point favorites at home. What do you have in this one? Well, the Jets handed it to the Bears last week, and, and now they're going to get it handed back to them from the Vikings. So I'm going <laughs> with the Vikings. They, they've, just been a, they've just been a great team. What, what can I say? The Vikings, they're clearly the top leaders in the NFC North. I think they deserved it. They've had a rough couple of seasons. And Kevin O'Connell has really turned this team around. Another coach that's really motivated them. Again, Kirk Cousins is not the answer. Everybody else on that team is. But not <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Um, so I'm, I'm going with the Vikings. And Kevin O'Connell is probably your front runner for NFL head coach of the year. We'll see how they finish out the regular season. I will take the Vikings as well. I think it's going to be a surprising close one. The Jets will keep themselves in only because of their defense, but they need to get a running game going. I know Zach Wilson is benched for the foreseeable future. Mike White, well, who started last week for the uh, against the Bears, he'll start for, for the Jets again this Sunday. I think the Jets will keep it close for – maybe a quarter or two, yeah. but Minnesota should pull away here at home. Yeah. Which to, might I add, Mike White, really quick, had more passing yards than fields, and he's a second stringer. I'm just saying. Go on. <laughs> Facts. Facts. <laughs> Next, yeah, let's go to New York City, i.e. MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, where the New York Giants, who got embarrassed in the second half by the Dallas Cowboys last uh Thursday on Thanksgiving Day. They're seven and four. They will take on the surprise. They're seven and five Washington Commanders. 
Uh, Washington is a two-point favorite on the road. Who do you have in this one? This is my toss-up game, and here's why. Taylor Heineke has really turned that team around. I've said it before. I've I've harped on this. Carson Wentz is not going to be a starting quarterback after this season. He's just not. His time mm -hmm. is past now more so than ever. And I think Taylor Heineke pretty much has secured his job with, with Washington for the foreseeable future. Um, the Giants, I'm picking them just because it's it's a home game for them. And they've had a couple of down moments, but I, I've seen this team. I, I believe in this team. There are a couple of local Chicago kids on the Giants. Uh, example, Julian Love, he, he's a nasty kid um and now li living the the big nfl dream so i i gotta go with with the giants mainly because they're home okay oh uh, that's not a bad pick there but i'm going to washington because they're, they're on a hot streak right now uh mm -hmm. they got away with one against the atlanta falcons last week as i said before taylor heineke who was their quarterback a couple years ago when washington last made the playoffs in 2020 before losing to brady he's playing been playing well right now. Their rookie running back, Robinson, he had over 100 yards over 18 carries last week. Their star wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, started to show his form right now. So in Washington's defense, they haven't had all their healthy bodies back yet, but they've been playing well. So I'm going with Washington on the road mm -hmm. here. So so we're split there. We'll get all of Lakina, Lakina's picks, hoping when she returns, if she gets her mm -hmm. uh, audio situated uh, situation ironed out. Let's go up north to Philadelphia. Where the ten and one Philadelphia Eagles will host the seven and four Titans. Philadelphia is a four and a four and a half point favorite. I'll say this before I give out my pick: this is not going to be as easy a, a game as people think. I'll leave it at that. Christine, who's your pick and why? No, no, I agree. I mean, Tennessee—they—they're not really the explosive team at what they have been the last couple of years. But mm -hmm. I think ever since Derrick Henry has came back from his injury, he—he's shown that he is coming back stronger and healthier. Unlike some mm -hmm. players, when you have an injury like that happen, they're just not the same. And he's slowly <laughs> starting to improve every single week. But but the Eagles got it this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was after their Christmas Carol album that they dropped or, or <laughs> John uh Jason Kelsey, by the way, great voice. I heard him sing a little bit and he's not terrible, you know. So maybe he has a career after the NFL be dropping his own album or whatnot. But I, I think the Eagles, they got the momentum. Let's keep on flying with the birds. And remember, I know you're too young to remember this, Christine, but Troy Aikman did a, a, a album, a country album back in the day, back in 1992. So oh, Google that on YouTube when you get yes. a chance. So, uh, oh, so, so yes, but when you're winning, your voice, yeah. yeah, yeah, when you're winning, your voice sounds amazing. When you're losing, no one cares. Just remember that. I don't <laughs> All right, care. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I was. I, I go away for like a couple minutes. You talk about Troy Aikman's uh, ill-fitted country album. Like, okay, I, I know I missed. Kelsey it. just has a great voice. He does. He does. He really does. I've heard his album. He actually, doesn't does his voice actually doesn't sound too bad. So yeah, but like you guys said, you know, winning is like a great like you know your voice sound. Everything sounds better. Everything tastes better. So yeah. All right, All right so Lakina, since you rejoined us, uh, we're going over the Titans and Eagles game. The game will be on Fox on Sunday. Philadelphia is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Christine, who did you go with again? I went with the Eagles. Okay, who's your pick, Lakina? Uh, since they're at home, I'm picking the Eagles, too. I'm going with Philadelphia. I'm going with Philadelphia, but as I said before, uh, uh, this don't be surprised if this game comes down to a last-second play or a last-second field goal. I think 
the Titans will keep this close. And remember, A.J. Brown, the star wide receiver for Philadelphia, this will be his first game against this old team since being traded from Tennessee um, uh, this last past offseason. Let's go to Baltimore right now, where the 7-4 Baltimore Ravens will host the 3-8 Denver Broncos. Baltimore is a 9.5-point favorite. As we talked about earlier, Christine, Baltimore lost uh, in a heartbreak fashion on the road last week at Jacksonville. Denver, everybody's yelling at Russell Wilson and then some, <laughs> and their head coach Nathaniel Hagan may be looking for a pink slip and a link card at the end of the year. Uh, who do you see winning this matchup? You know, like I was when Lakina, you missed it when Justin Tucker had that seventy-yard yeah. field goal. I bet you any money he makes that in his sleep on any yep. other given day. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he missed that, Jacksonville is pretty lucky that he did. They're not going to let that happen again. Um, and you know, just to think with Nathaniel Hackett, we we wanted him as our Bears head coach. You know, right. do, do you? <laughs> We were yeah. advocating for that. And at least the, the front office clearly saw something that we didn't see. Thank God they did, because then we'd probably <laughs> be in the same situation that Denver is right now. So uh, with that being said, <laughs> let's ride Ravens. <laughs> I'm going with Baltimore, too. <laughs> Yeah, I'll pick the Ravens as well. I mean, like, I, I don't, yeah. How did that not, how did that not go in? Like, I don't know. Right. You know, he's just like half a yard short, but, you know, it is what it is. So what games have you, ha what games have y'all done so far? Uh, we'll get quick. your winners real quick. We'll do, like the networks do, our quick recap. So we'll we'll get Lakina's picks right now. Steelers and Falcons. This game's in Atlanta. Who's your pick? Oh, uh, that's a toss. So I, I'll pick the, I picked the Falcons, I guess, because they're at home. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville Steelers. at the. What was that, Christine? But you, who did you guys? Who did you guys pick? I said I was the lone stealer. Oh, you picked the stealer. Well, I did. It, it, it well worked out for you on Monday, so we'll see what happens. So, who would you have? Uh, I had Atlanta. Okay. And what okay. other games have you guys done? Okay, Jacksonville and Detroit. I took Jacksonville, and Christine took Detroit. I picked Detroit too. I, I I don't know why, but I, I feel like uh, yeah, I think the. Detroit might be, you know, might, might want to finish strong here. So, yeah, I got you. You know, Christine got the Lions. I have the Lions. You know, you've got the, the Jags. Okay, who else? Okay, Jets and Vikings. We both took the Vikings. Vikings. <laughs> okay. And then Washington at the New York Giants. I took Washington. Christine took the Giants. Oh, this is a pick one. Can it be, can it be a tie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, Christine, you had the, the Giants, right? I did. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll pick the I'll pick the commanders. Yes, Lakina's on my side. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it'll, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting though. But yeah, nonetheless. So we are okay. So we're all cut up. Yay. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. right. All right. Next game, we'll have the Houston Texans uh, hosting the return of the Sean Watson game as the Cleveland Browns at 407 travel to Houston to take on the 191 Houston Texans. That game will be seen on CBS on Sunday. Cleveland's a seven point favorite on the road. Friend of the show, Mr. Spiro Diaz, will be calling that game for CBS. I know everybody in their mama, as the kids would say, as far yeah. as national media, will be down there. Of course, this is Deshaun Watson's return from that 11 game suspension. Christine, who do you have and why? First of all, I just want to commemorate the 10 women that are going to go to that game with their lawyer um, amid all this crazy media frenzy. 
that takes a lot of courage to do in itself. It doesn't matter who wins or loses in that game. That is something that needs to be acknowledged because those women, whether you believe them or not, they, they clearly have been through something traumatizing. And the fact that they want to show their face and show people that they're not scared of what they have experienced, it, it, it says a lot. So I want to commemorate those 10 women, first of all. And I really hope Houston just stomps Cleveland's ass on Deshaun Watson. So I'm picking Houston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, mm, you know what? Oh, good Lord. I mean, it's going to be a lot of emotion. It's going to be a lot of stuff happening. I, I feel like Lovey Smith's going to have his guys ready for this particular game. You know, this, so there's a reason why he was going to be back for this game. I'm talking about Deshaun Watson. So right. mm-hmm. I think that it's going to be ugly, but I think that Texas will win this game. If anything else, I think that I'm, I think a lot of America's going to be rooting for the Texans. So I think, well, strange things have happened in this rivalry, so I'm going to say the Texans. Yeah, I'll go with the clean sweep as well. You know, Cleveland's a better team, but I think Houston, like you said, Lakina, Lovey Smith was brought uh, down there to the Texas organization for a reason to bring some respectability to their organization. Like mm-hmm. I said, I think he'll keep his guys under wraps in terms of emotion. I think it's going to be a closer game than what people expect. I'm sticking my neck out. I'm going with the Texans. Going to be a lot of emotion there in this game. So first of the three o'clock games, you got the Seahawks. And the Rams, Sid, you start this one for us. Oh, uh, the Rams should have any and everybody who's been uh, injured to be on injury reserve for the rest of the year. We know Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald's now out with that angle. Cooper Cup is done perhaps for the year. Uh, you saw that game against Kansas City last week. They gave it a fight, but they just don't have the talent right now. So there may be some more problems ahead for that roster and that organization, but we'll talk about that another time. For Seattle, they had a bad loss last week in overtime against the Las Vegas Raiders. I expect them to bounce back. Even though they're on the road, they're still in the playoff hunt. I'm going with the Seahawks. And Seattle's favored by seven points. Christine? Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle, too. The The Rams are literally just beat up right now. I mean, you you can't really blame Sean McVay for what's going on this season. You can't really blame any coach because of the injuries. It's a shame that Stafford is still probably going to be out. I, I can only assume that it's for a lot of precautionary reasons, considering you know, his wife's Kelly history, history with, with head injuries and, and just, you know, making sure that he stays healthy. So that is respectable in itself. Um, But yeah, they're just beat up and, and Seattle is still in the hunt. Surprisingly, Geno Smith is really, it's really turning this team around too. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, they was a clean sweep. I would say the Seahawks as well. I mean, for all the reasons you guys have said, I mean, you know, Stafford is out there. I think Sean, I saw Sean McVay made it official. So he, you know, it's going to be John Wolford again for the Rams. You know, Aaron Dosko will miss his first game of his career. Oh, I think not really his first, but sort of like it's just a second game, I believe. So, yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to want to smart from that loss against the Raiders last week. So I'm going to pick the Seahawks. Now, the game of the of the week, you know, not literally because, you know, Fox only has one single head, so we won't see this game here in the sh- Chicago. But Dolphins and 49ers, Christine, you start this one for us, please. This is going to be a great game. Who would have thunk we would have said that Miami and San Francisco was going to be a great game? Uh, but, but you have Tua that seems to have bounced back really nicely from his two concussions. You have Tyreek Hill, who's just bringing a whole different energy to the Dolphins organization. But then again, the 49ers are stacked. I like to compare their roster right now to how Miami Heat was when they had 
you know, LeBron, Bosch, and Wade on there. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, this is like the whole trifecta effect for them. So I, I think I'm going to stick with, with the 49ers because they just had that strong offens offensive line and a solid quarterback in, in Jimmy G. So I'm, I'm sticking with them. Uh, the 49ers had a shutout last week against a bad Saints team. And, of course, yeah. the Dolphins did what they did against a bad Houston team last week. But I'm still worried about Miami's defense a little bit. I know the Dolphins offensively can put up points, but I think their all momentum is going to stop right here. And plus, I got San Francisco defense as of right now starting in my fantasy league as we start out the playoffs yeah. in, in my league. So with that being said, the 49ers are on the roll. I'm going with San Francisco because they're at home and they're the slightly better team, especially defensively. Yes, and I will be watching this game live via this computer screen, Lakina, and via hey. NFL Red Zone. So yes. <laughs> I yes, won't be same. missing out and missing out on this game entirely. Oh yeah, <laughs> we just want to Chicago regular TV won't be able to see because of the Bears game. Yeah, unfortunately. So yeah, the Fox. Right. Week, so. <laughs> right. Too bad the Bears. Too bad the NFL can't let Fox Thirty Two uh, bump out the Bears game for this 49ers Boy. game. This is not a doubleheader, but uh, that's no. a whole other issue. <laughs> that's a whole different story. But yeah, right. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I mean, I saw uh, folks on Get Up. You know, a couple. Of did pick the Dolphins, which I'm like, wait, have you seen the, the Dolphins defense? I mean, like, have we have we seen it? But yeah, I think Jimmy G is getting better. The you know the defensive guys from the 49ers are getting healthy, so I pick the 49ers. I think it's going to be close, but I think the you know, 49ers will do just nothing. I think they'll make the play, the big play on defense to kind of you know go away there. Now a rematch of the a AFC Championship game here. You got the Chiefs and the Bengals. So uh, Jamar Chase is back. For the Bengals, uh, this could definitely help a little bit. This could be a points thing, that O-line for the Bengals. But I think because they're at home, I'm sticking my neck out. I'll pick the Bengals. For some reason, I, I feel like the Bengals, they're getting high at the right time. Jamar Chase is back. The O-line is getting a little bit better. They haven't sacked, you know, they haven't let you know, Burrow get sacked too many times. But, yeah, I think the Bengals will win this game, I think. You know, they, sue, they sue Jamar Chase. I have Cincinnati, too. Don't forget about Joe Mixon in that running game. And Sammy mm -hmm. P. Ryan, uh, their backup has been showing up for the last couple mm -hmm. of weeks for that Bengals offense, too. The Chiefs are two-point favorites on the road. Kansas, uh, Kansas City, they basically slept walk through that game last week against the uh, injured play uh, L uh, L.A. Rams. I still don't trust the Kansas City's running game. Their defense has been okay, but it's just like, like Christine said earlier, it's just something about them. Uh, that, that I just cannot point out. And it, it has nothing to do with them not having Tyreek Hill on that roster anymore. As we told you guys, they'll have Evan Flows with that team throughout the season. Right now, they are 9-2, but have they really impressed you to be that dominant? They haven't impressed me. It's going to be a close game, but Cincinnati, because they're at home, they should win this game. And plus, I have Joe Burrows as of right now starting in my fantasy yeah. league. So, <laughs> make you know, that note. <laughs> uh, last year, I remember – it was this game, Kansas City and Cincinnati, and I remember picking Cincinnati just because mm -hmm. they, they were the stronger team that, than Kansas City. This time, I'm picking Kansas City, and, and this is why I'm doing that. For, for the most part, Mahomes has been very consistent. He's done a couple of stupid interceptions, for example, throwing in the end zone to, I believe it was the Chargers a couple Sunday nights ago. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just silly mistakes like that. But other than that, he's, you know, he is a solid quarterback, probably in the MVP conversation. If not, if not, now he is. Um, and, and I just think right now Cincinnati is not that team that I saw the last time I picked them over. Yes, Jamar Chase is back. But again, 
you got to always wonder with those top players, those superstar players, after big enough injuries like that and so much time off, are they still going to be the same players as they were before the injury? Is it a possibility that maybe he could re-injure himself again? So you always have to have that in the back of your mind. And when I was watching the the Rams and uh, KC last week, even though the Rams were injured, I mean, Travis Kelsey, he's just a big guy. Like, like you cannot tear that guy down unless you want to grab him by the ankles and say, I'm going to take you down because that's how big of a player he is. Um, so for that reason, just because consistency-wise, I'm going to go with Kansas City. Should be a good one, though, nonetheless. Uh, should be a good one here. I mean, you know, people thought this was going to be this early this year. But, yeah, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the AFC West City, you start this one. I know the Raiders are 4-7. and seven, The Chargers are 6-5. and five. The Chargers got away with them last week, being the Arizona Cardinals by a two-point conversion. Uh, at the end, so they're still hanging in the race. The Raiders are playing a whole lot better. Josh Jacobs is running the ball hard for the silver and black. But I'm going, and the Raiders are one point favorite at home, by the way. You remember these two teams mm-hmm. played a great game uh, last season, and in which the Chargers uh, stepped on their own two feet and missed the playoffs instead of going for a tie. But that's a whole nother issue. But as far as this year's matchup is concerned, I know the Chargers dominated the Raiders opening week of the season. I don't think it's going to be the same story, but I think the Chargers will cl- come out with a victory, but another close one. So I'm going over to LA, or as we call them, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on this show. Mm-hmm. Christine? You know, the last two weeks, I haven't picked the chart, uh, the um, Raiders, the and they've been winning. I picked them so many times at the start of the season that they just kept on breaking my heart and disappointing me. I just went away with them. And now all of a sudden they're winning. So because I'm a little bit of a gambler and I'm curious, I'm rolling the dice and seeing what happens if I don't pick them again for the third week in a row, if there's a trend happening here. <laughs> so with that, I'm picking the Chargers just because I'm curious. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy, that, that, that might not be a good thing. Yeah, I'm picking the Chargers, I, too. I know I'm risking a point there for myself, but, you know, there's got to be a method to this madness. If I don't pick them, they're going to keep winning. Well, yeah, well, the, the Chargers, I mean, Look, they're still right there in the playoff hunt, so yeah. they really need this to win this game. I think they remember what happened last yeah. year. So, and, and furthermore, Herbert's—he's a, a solid quarterback. Like yeah. he looks really good. So, besides me rolling the dice on my own point system here, Herbert's a good quarterback. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> but look, it should be a fun game, though. Let's, if, if if the Chargers even can slow down Josh Jacobs, you know, he's he's a little bit banged up, so. Yeah. That could be an equalizer, so you might be okay here, yeah. Christy. So I'm picking the Chargers. And Julio Mack looks great. Yeah, with he the does. Chargers. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. And they're still, they're, look, they still got a shot at the playoff too. They're still right there in the playoff hunt. So yeah, they really need yeah. this win. So yeah, I'm gonna pick the the Chargers here. Uh, Sunday night, you got the Colts and the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I know they're playing. They play. I'm talking the Colts played a little bit better since that Jeff Saturday taken over as interim coach. But the Cowboys, you know, they're really trying to keep pace. You know, with the Eagles for a top spot in the NFC, not just in the East, but in the NFC in general. So I'm going to pick the, the, the Cowboys. No analysis here, Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys. I will say, though, Jeff Saturday is proving a lot of people wrong when it comes to how experienced he is or if he can handle this type of job. He maybe, maybe secured his job at least for another year just to test him out to see how he really does in a full season. 
Yeah, should be interesting nonetheless. Now, Monday Night Football here, uh, and there will be a Manning cast. Manning cast is back, so it's going to be yeah, ESPN, 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 Deportes, Saints, and Bucks here in the NFC South. I know the, the Bucks have had various injury issues and such, but yeah. I, I, you know, the Saints are just, they're, they're not just, they're just not that good. So I'm picking the Bucks. Keep it simple, short and sweet. I'll go short with Tampa Bay as well. Yeah, but I was going to say Tampa Bay, the Red Rifle is still not doing it for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, going back to, of course, you know, Packers and Bears. And our buddy Mark Grody just posted this on his Twitter. Uh, Fields is like is one of the four participants. He's gonna play. Jaquan Brisker is out. You know, Larry Borum is out. So is Kyler Gordon. And also, too, apparently Trevor Sivian has a uh, gonna have surgery on his oblique uh, muscle. So, you yes. know, now he's yeah he's <laughs> done for the year. So now they had to. <laughs> can I just can I start this conversation? No, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. So Quickly. look, I. There is so much that I can say. I brought this up to Sid. Even though Fields wasn't playing last week, Mike White got more passing yards than what Fields has done. (laughs) I'm just like, he's a second stringer. How does this make sense? The answer, it doesn't. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Even Trevor Simeon, he, he threw way more than Fields did. So I don't know what the disconnect between his arm is and what his head is right now for Fields, especially now that Darnell Mooney is out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if Fields doesn't trust his wide receivers and his tight ends or whoever to catch the ball or if the coaches don't trust him to throw. There is something going on there. And if you want to have a franchise quarterback MVP material, you got to have a guy that does it all, not just running the ball and not just handing it off either. You got to have the whole package. And Mm -hmm. it feels, again, I hope he learns from that shoulder injury. If he keeps on running into players like that when he does run the ball, we're not going to have a franchise quarterback. We're not going to have any type of quarterback. Mm -hmm. So, that's my two cents. I wish they would have kept Nick Foles. Again, I'm saying that because for situations like this, you have no experienced quarterbacks, you know, guiding fields at the moment. And Aaron Rodgers is going to play still. Unless they're mathematically not able to win, he said that he is still playing. So you already know that he's going to bring the heat, especially for the Bears. So with that being said, I've lost faith in the team this year, Green Bay. <laughs> uh, like Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say, until Fields has shown me that he can throw the ball, I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can dress up like a mummy. He's still a threat <laughs> to the Bears. So I'm going with Green Bay. <laughs> Yes. Oh Lord! Yes. Now I got that visual. Now, yeah, now I got that visual of him dressed up like a mummy. Mummy, yeah. I, look, Brisker. <laughs> look, Brisker's out. Uh, Gorton is out. Those are probably the two like last you know, of the Bears. Like your know, top defensive guys, they're out. Like, More I, like I said, you know, yeah, and, and like yep. like I said, like we said earlier, said I mean, you know, uh, you know, the, that defense with Packers gonna be going for uh, feels his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't be surprised, folks. Yeah, I know people are gonna freak out, but don't be surprised. It's gonna be close, but I'm gonna pick the Packers. I, I, I just, yeah, I, I just 
They're gonna, you know, look, there's a reason why generous I, even thinking that's gonna be close. <laughs> I, I'll give them a little bit on that, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Packers are three point row favorites, yeah, so yeah, they're gonna, yeah, like, yeah, the Packers gonna stick it to them, yeah. That there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers decided to play to this week, you know, he's banged up, he knows he can take the, the Bears one more time, so <laughs> boy, all right. that's all I gotta say. And that's our week 13 NFL picks as you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Akina. It's Christine. I know, guys, we're up against it. We got a close up shot, but we got a couple of minutes left. Christine, I want to bring this up with you. Lakina, I know you teased it at the show. The White Sox released their promotional schedule, at least part of it, for this upcoming 2023 season. Christine, I want to get your thoughts about some of these promotional days. I'll go through a couple of uh, key ones. Uh, the 2023 magnetic schedule presented by BMO Monday, April 3rd, the home over against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, the White Sox hockey jersey will be given out Saturday, April 29th against Tampa Bay for its 20,000 fans. The first bobblehead giveaway of the season, and this is Saturday night, mm. May 13th against the Houston Astros. First 20,000 fans will get it. Eloy Jimenez, hi, mom. Talking head, bobblehead. Some of that Eloy doesn't get traded this offseason. Right. <laughs> well, I, well, I was going to say, you're burying the lead there uh, with the Houston Astros now that Abreu is a few, officially there. Yeah. What is your quick thoughts what on that? About that? What do you think about that? I am so sad that us White Sox fans and just, you know, Abreu in general did not get a proper send-off, not get a proper goodbye. I don't know about you, but when I saw that video posted on the White Sox social pages, I got emotional because I'm like, gosh, I remember so many of those moments. And I guess from what Abreu said at, the, at his first press conference with the Astros, he said that the White Sox did give him an offer. Mm-hmm. Clearly, mm-hmm. by the outcome, it wasn't the offer that what he was hoping for. And, and I think that's a poor choice in the front office part of it. Um, but I, I wish Abreu the best. I I hope that he does really well for the Astros. And I hope that the White Sox fan, when Astros do come to Chicago, that instead of booing them right away, that we at least give a round of applause for uh, Abreu. Yeah, and that's May 12th through the 14th that the Astros will visit Chicago. You know that's Mother's Yeah, that's Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, and that's Mother's yeah. Day weekend. So uh, the White Sox fans will do the right thing. They'll cheer for a break, but boo the rest of the Astros. So, yeah, you know, okay, and that, right. that's how that's how that's gonna go. Just going through the, some of the other promotional dates for the upcoming 23 season. The summer t-shirt series, the first one will be Thursday, June 9th, against against the um Dodgers, the first 10,000 fans, of course. Uh, the White Sox Hawaiian shirt day, Saturday, June 10th, against the Miami Marlins, first 20,000. The White Sox basketball jersey, uh, will be Saturday, June 24th, against the Boston Red Sox, first 20,000 fans. And of course, Saturday, July 8th, against the St. Louis Cardinals, first 20,000 fans, will receive a Luis Robert bobblehead. He'll be in his White Sox Southside jersey. And something new for this year, Saturday, August 12th, against the Milwaukee Brewers. The first 10,000 fans, 21 and older, presented by Miller. Like, what was he a White Sox football jersey? Yeah, I like nice. that. Yeah, yeah you can check this cool. out on the White Sox official website or our guy, Jordan Lozowski, who he works for, SoxOn35th.com. And a couple other jersey giveaways for to wrap up the season Saturday, September 2nd, against the Kansas City Worlds. First 20,000 fans will receive a Los White Sox soccer jersey. Ooh. Those are always popular. And then Saturday, September 16th against the Minnesota Twins. First 10,000 fans, 21 and up, presented by Miller Lite. 
the White Sox Irish jersey halfway through St. Nice. Patrick's Day. Man, you know, they're just hitting all the major sports. Uh, a base, a uh, basketball jersey, soccer. Yeah. Soccer, yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is, yeah. That is pretty if cool. You, look, Christine, y'all know you were there last year on July 4th against the um, Minnesota Twins when they only had the 10,000 uh, bobblehead giveaways for Parker Norgrounds. Lucky to get one of them, by the way. You know the White Sox fans the way we do. Uh, there's usually long lines before those gates open up for those Boy. bobblehead days. It's going to get ugly this year for those jerseys as well. Yes. Remember those oh, Southside yeah. hockey jerseys last year? Well, you thought that was hot? It's going to be even hotter this year. I promise you. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I lovingly say my mother runs on her own time. But for the first time in a long time, we actually showed up an hour early to that 4th of July game. Still mm -hmm. didn't get a bobblehead. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. Right, so I was lucky to get mine. And now yeah, it's there so was probably wild. 45 minutes to the gates being open. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, wow. All right. I know we're running up against it. So real quick, do you guys think the U.S. can beat the Netherlands in the knockout stage of the World Cup tomorrow? Call me crazy, but yes. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll say. Mm, yeah, well, that's what i No, no, no. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, well, yeah, it's fine. It starts to knock our rounds. You can watch on Fox and FS1. You know, you know, I know they play tomorrow morning, so it's going to be interesting uh, there. Uh, one more thing I want to ask you guys before we uh, disperse here. Yeah, so, so yeah, so do you, do you have a, like, a really quick, you're really quick, do you have a list of, you know, like, you know, top three agents you want? You know, we asked Sean about this earlier. Do you want, do you have like a top three agents that you, that you hope the, the White Sox could go for in signing? I mean, it'd be something if we get Aaron Judge, but I I don't think that's going to happen. If anything, that that would be the top guy on my list, especially now with the Brayu gone. We got to get a, a big hitter out there, and he would be it. But we'll see what happens. What about Cody Bellinger? He got released from yeah. his contract from the yeah. Los Angeles yeah. Dodgers. He's been struggling in terms of hitting, but he can really bring it defensively. You know, the White Sox need – uh, outfielders that could play defense. Only one you have is mm -hmm. Luis Robert. <laughs> yeah, and you know, White Sox, they've done a lot of good hitting things with players that have struggled, and I think they can turn him around too. Yeah, he's looking for a one-year prove-it deal, so we'll see what happens That's if the fine. White Sox look his direction. Yeah, well, so yeah, you want to, you want to you know, give up a lot of money for him. Like you say, he's going to be looking for a one-year prove-it deal, so yeah. it won't be an issue there. But with that said, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley City Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. Where can the lovely people follow you, Christine? They can follow me at C Manica underscore KXRB. All right, folks, enjoy all the games. You got the you know, championship Saturday, the NFL, the NBA. Of course, you got the you know, soccer starting their knockout round starting uh, tomorrow with the U.S. playing. Against the Netherlands you know, early at about nine o'clock our time, Central Time. So make sure you guys check that out. So so many great you know matches and games you'll come up this weekend. So enjoy it all. Stay warm out there. If you're not gonna get vaccinated, wash your hands still and be good to each other. And you know the flu now, the flu is you know coming becoming mm -hmm. a, a big thing again. So wash your hands, wear your mask if you want to. But yeah, for Sid and Christine, I'm Lakina. This has been Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Oh, and don't forget, uh. You know, you, of course, Roku TV, you can check out, uh, you know, our show, you know, Sean and Maya. You got the Smoke mm -hmm. Bellas coming up, uh, you know, tomorrow. Also, What's Up, Cuz. So, yeah, so check us out on Roku TV. You know, 
Uh, put type in Sports of Chicago. It's all right there for you. And don't forget, Warren Media. You're gonna be, you know, listen to you know, the you know, the podcast on Google Play, uh, Spotify, everything. So uh, you're all covered there. So you know, stay warm out there, folks. You know, and be careful out there. Don't overindulge this holiday season, and don't overspend. Right, Sid? <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is I no promises. Oh yeah, right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, you better not hear you almost uh, soon to be husband hear that. <laughs> about well, he, oh. He's aware I go out for gifts and it's a problem, but you know. Okay, well, <laughs> don't, well, don't, well, don't overdo it. So. <laughs> Your holiday uh, PSA for this month. So yeah, this is Texas State Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you guys next week. Dog bears, I guess. Holla. <laughs> <laughs>